0: Thank you for tuning in to the Mastery Podcast, where our goal is to provide tools, resources, and insights that empowers driven individuals to become the masters of their financial independence journey. I'm Peter Donisanu. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about how U.S. stocks have posted their best quarterly returns in decades and whether the third quarter in the markets is setting up for a second quarter repeat. While market sentiment remains generally positive... We recorded this podcast because we believe that the dominant market theory supporting market sentiment and driving returns in the second quarter is increasingly coming under pressure. At the end of our time together, my hope is that you have a better understanding of how stretched valuations and the lack of a historical precedent for a rally repeat warrant increased focus on risk management inside investment portfolios. understand where the markets are headed, you need to understand where they came from. Uh, Coronavirus concerns took hold in the first quarter, and that led to one of the sharpest market sell-offs since the 1930s. In the second quarter, however, markets rebounded and were led higher by unprecedented monetary policy and the hope of a quick economic recovery. Earlier this year, Congress enacted the CARES Act, which unleashed $2 trillion in spending programs. This provided support to millions of small businesses through Triple P loans, and also supported unemployed workers and boosted household spending through cash handouts. At the same time, the Federal Reserve ramped up its asset purchase program, buying up treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. The Fed also launched several programs to boost lending, including the Main Street Lending Program, and in late June it launched its secondary market corporate credit facility to buy corporate bonds from investors, something it had not done before. Taken together, these actions boosted market sentiment and led to hopes of an economic recovery in the second half of 2020. Now, the critical takeaway here is that the second quarter rally was built on low price levels after a sharp sell-off and supported by extraordinary policy measures and the hope of a quick turnaround in the economic recovery. Looking forward, investors will need to critically ask, what are the chances of a repeat of strong performance in the third quarter following a strong rally in the second quarter? Well, to answer this question, we went back and looked at historical data for the S&P 500. What we found was that the likelihood of a repeat performance following a strong rally was low in the third quarter from a historical perspective. Now, let's look at an example from the global financial crisis. History shows that the S&P 500 rallied 15% in the quarter following March 2009 lows. So how did market performance do in the third quarter of 2009? Well, in the next quarter, the market gained only 5.5%. And, you know, this observation is not unique to just one point in time. Looking at data going back to 1930, we find that market returns tend to fall between 0 to 10% in the quarter following a strong rally, and this tends to happen two-thirds of the time on a historical basis. What's more, not only are the returns softer following a strong market rally, they were softer 98% of the time in our observations. So the crucial takeaway here is that from a historical perspective, stronger returns do not beget higher returns in the following quarter. Now from this perspective, it's hard to make a case that we'll see stronger performance or higher returns in the third quarter than we saw in the second quarter. It's also important to note that as of this recording, the healthcare crisis has not improved. In fact, healthcare conditions continue to deteriorate at a faster pace than at the onset of the coronavirus outbreak in the first quarter of this year. Now, there was this notion that after the economy locked down in the first quarter, that we would be able to contain the outbreak and quickly get back to our normal lives. Now, after some initial success flattening the curve, what we're seeing is that coronavirus infection rates are again reaccelerating. This comes as after the economy reopened in the second quarter of 2020 with vaccine trials still underway and the infection rates on the rise, there's a real risk that the healthcare crisis could be more severe than it was back in the first quarter. Now, such an outcome could lead to delayed household spending and delayed business hiring activity, and this would challenge the market's current view or expectation of a V-shaped recovery in the second half of 2020. With more governors delaying or reversing reopening plans of their economy, it's becoming increasingly difficult to make a case for a rapid economic recovery in the second half of 2020. Now investors should be mindful of the fact that markets are driven by future expectations of economic and earnings fundamentals. Right now the two expectations dominating the market narrative is that policy response will fuel economic growth and the US economy is going to experience a rapid rebound in the second half. Right now it's unclear whether monetary policy can do more than just simply stabilize the economic growth. Now there's little doubt that the Fed won't do everything it can to pull out all the stops and support the economic recovery. But with that said, there's only so much that a central bank could do to support growth, or at least accelerate growth. Take the Bank of Japan, for example. Now, the central bank has been buying bonds of private sector companies, it's buying stocks, and it's buying real estate for years. It implemented non-traditional measures like negative interest rate policies and yield curve control. Yet Japan's economy continues to remain weak, and inflation there is pretty much elusive. What's more, market performance, Japan has lagged its peers, and this sort of economic and market conditions are present in the Eurozone where the central bank there has taken similar actions. So why is this perspective important to understand? Well, history shows that markets tend to stage an early rally based on expectations of game-changing catalysts. These include elections, government spending, and changes in monetary policy. Today, expectations are playing out in this mantra of don't fight the Fed. And what we've seen historically is that such rallies tend to start off strong early on, but fade after a few months as market participants reset their expectations that policy alone cannot heal the economic recovery. Another issue that investors will have to contend with is slower growth expectations, and this is likely to challenge market sentiment in the second half of 2020. While some data has shown uh, signs of improvement or stabilization, it's not yet consistent with the robust economic recovery. And So take for example the fact that public and private institutions are now downgrading the economic forecasts, and this includes uh, institutions like the IMF and the European Commission and others. This view doesn't dismiss the fact that some economic measures show signs of a stabilization in the second half or the second quarter of 2020. Our own economic work, our own diffusion model suggests that stabilization started to occur from their April lows, yet forward-looking reality suggests that households may increasingly curb spending as this healthcare crisis deepens. This comes as an increasing number of states report record one-day infection rate. Now, this has led some governors to shut down establishments like bars and restaurants, and these developments could prolong the lockdown and curb the recent recovery in household spending that we've seen. Now, compounding the problem of lower consumption is the fact that those individuals that can spend are finding it harder to barter money. Now, this issue is evidenced the recent Fed survey of lending officers, and the survey respondents from banks suggest that they're less willing to lend, and at the same time, they're raising their lending standards. The implication here is that consumers that can't get loans on big-ticket purchases like homes and autos won't be able to complete their purchases. Now, there's no question that signs of an economic recovery or economic stabilization are taking hold. Yet the ongoing healthcare crisis is likely to affect spending behavior in the second half of 2020 and beyond. Looking ahead to the second half of 2020, investors should be mindful of the fact that by many measures, risk assets are expensive compared to historical standards. This combination of highly priced assets and an unmitigated healthcare crisis may contribute to more market volatility in the months ahead. Given this backdrop, we recommend that investors take two specific actions in their portfolio. First, during times of uncertainties, investors need to ensure that their portfolios are aligned with their long-term investment goals. Given the recent strength that we saw in the second quarter, we suggest that investors use the market strength to trim winning positions and bring up under-allocated portfolio holdings up to their target goal. Another step that investors should take ahead of this market volatility that we're expecting is to use the rally to raise cash. This is especially important if you expect to address a near-term need. Now, paying for unexpected or expected expenses during a time of market volatility could lead you to selling at inopportune times, which is why we recommend that during this kind of lull in the markets, use that to generate some cash. Taken together, there is little historical precedent to suggest that we'll see a repeat of market performance in the third quarter that we saw in the second quarter. With rising infection rates and the intensification of the healthcare crisis, the outlook for the second half of 2020 is likely to worsen. Expensive market valuations and the potential for a change in market sentiment suggest that investors should take action now to shore up their portfolio ahead of a period of heightened market volatility. (laughs) Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Phi Mastery Podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at phimastery.com or email us at questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Bonisano, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity as you pursue your own financial independence journey. Phi Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors Inc. Friendly Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors' investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the investment advisor public disclosure.